Welcome to another impactful message from Cornerstone Church, where we truly believe there is one hope for every heart, Jesus Christ. If you'd like to check out more resources or view video of this sermon, visit us online at cornerstonerome.com. All right, so we're going to continue with the series. Uh, this message today I titled uh, An Anchor of Hope. Get my time. Okay, good. An Anchor of Hope. And uh, so I want to share with you uh, something here that Haley wrote some time back. Um, I don't know. I, mean, I was trying to figure out the timeline on this, babe. I couldn't figure out. Um, you got any idea how long ago you wrote that? How old do you think she was? Will you put up, uh, put up that first picture of Julia Kate there, the, the first one there? The, let me show you this picture. This is us walking through the field while I pull up the rest of this. Now, that's, that's my middle daughter. She's 13 now. That little runt, look at that. I mean, you could hardly see her in the in the grass, and um, I mean, uh, yeah, it's weird. I mean, Piper's twice that height now. I mean, it's just I don't know three maybe something like that probably. Well, anyway, so Haley wrote this devotional. This is for women's. I think for a women's event or something. I can't remember. But anyway, I want you to hear this. This is um, she titled this "Just Trust Me." And uh, the scripture uses Isaiah, and you can leave that picture up if you don't mind. Uh, Isaiah forty-one thirteen it says, For I hold you by your right hand, I the Lord your God, and I say to you, don't be afraid, I'm here to help you. This is Haley. It's what she wrote. The thick brush and grass was suddenly as tall as she was, and she was no longer certain about the path we had chosen on this beautiful day. My youngest daughter, Julia Kate, Piper wasn't around at the time, okay? So my youngest daughter, Julia Kate, was three. There we go, three at the time. And her perspective of the journey across our property had suddenly become very different than my older daughter, Ava, and I. We could both see ahead of us and below us, but for Julia Kate, the path became a jungle of unknowns. As her eyes widened, her legs grew still, and she looked up at me with eagerness to be picked up and carried through the scary terrain. Isn't this much like us as God's children? We often face circumstances that seem so overwhelming, we don't know what the next step will hold. We want so desperately to be picked up, Lord, let me see the big picture. What is next? Is it safe? And sometimes we can pick up our children and carry them up high so they can see that everything is okay. And yet there are times when we grasp their hand tighter and reassure them that they are stronger than they think. You can make it, we say. I will walk ahead of you and show you which way to go. Just trust me. And the trust factor begins. Maybe today you have found yourself much in the same place as my daughter, Maybe you feel hidden in the brush of unpredictable situations and find yourself wondering if you can take one more step. Can I encourage you today that God is always by our side, ready to take our hand and turn our everyday life into a great adventure unlike any other. We only have to cling to Him, listen to Him, and follow Him. He has already been where we are going, and He knows exactly what lies ahead. It doesn't mean that there won't be hills to climb or thorns to push through. It simply means that we have a Heavenly Father to guide us, and love us through each and every obstacle. Crazy enough, he uses each one of these to make us stronger and become a more confident woman in Christ. So will you join me today on this great adventure with the creator of all creation? He has such a glorious plan for our life, so let's begin to enjoy the journey, not because we see more, but simply because we trust more. That's pretty good, man, you know? So this next picture, uh, I'll show you this one. This is when... Uh, she wanted to, uh, she kind of smiles. She has a little smirk, I think she gets from me. But um, I can't see it because I have a beard now. But um, 
when we were doing that, I remember this photo because she was looking up and we were talking about, well, I'll pick you up and carry you through because it was a bunch of briars. It was thick in our pasture before I bush hog. And she was getting all tangled up in it. It was a, she was a mess. It was just everywhere. And I thought, you know, this is a, a while back, 10 years ago, she wrote this. <clears throat> and I was thinking about that and trusting God and why is it so difficult sometimes to trust the Lord? Why is it so difficult for us just to trust him with, with our lives and with what he wants to do? And so, you know, just like this, this idea of trusting the Lord, I was reading this in Hebrews, and I want to talk a little bit about this idea of hope and, and hope being an anchor for your life. Something to hold you steadfast when you're facing obstacles that may seem like you don't know which way to go or how to get out. And God would just please pick me up, help me up. And he just maybe holds your hand tighter or maybe he does pick you up, but maybe he doesn't. And says, hey, you can, you can, I'm with you, you can make it. But Hebrews 6, let me read this to you. Hebrews 6 verse 13 says, For when God made the promise to Abraham, since he would swear or since he could swear by no one greater, he swore by himself saying, I will surely bless you and I will surely multiply you. And as a believer, if nothing else, hear me for this, if not one other thing, Abraham is the, what we call the father of faith, if you will. The Jews, if you will, it, it begins that process of blessing right there with Abraham. And if you are a Christian, you need to understand this spiritually, you are of Abraham's seed. You don't replace the Jews and all that kind of, we're not talking about replacement. I'm just saying, but you are a part of the covenant now. And if you look at the Jews and you say, well, I just disagree with them, I would just stay silent on it. I just leave it alone. I'd rather speak blessings over them, and this is why. Because God said, I will surely bless you and I will surely multiply you. And if, if, here's what people have never understood about the Jewish people you're not going against the Jews. You're going against God Almighty. That's why people, I mean, I had friends when we were just a bunch of knothead boys doing stupid stuff. I had friends, I mean, we all used bad language, but I had one guy in particular, I mean, it just seemed like, you know, he might have been from the Bronx or something, baby. He just grew up with it. It just was like just adjectives, you know what I'm saying? It just was so every little word, you know. But even he, crazy as he was. Did some crazy stuff. Somebody in the school one day was saying something, and they were in, we were in classroom, and they were picking on, saying some pretty harsh things against Israel, just funny jokes, they thought. This guy goes, hey, man, hey, you better leave them alone. I was like, what's he talking about? Because I didn't know what he's talking about. Leave who alone? He goes into not preaching, but gives this whole dissertation based on why you better leave them alone. The Lord has his hand on them. You better leave them alone. I was like, so from that day forward, I didn't know anything about them until I became a Christian. I just thought, better leave the Jews alone. I don't understand. I don't want God against me. So that's the one thing the world has not figured out yet. They're not going against a human group of population. They're going against God Almighty. And they never win. So anyway, verse 15. And so this is Abraham. It says, and so having patiently waited... He obtained the promise for men swear by one greater than themselves. And with them, an oath given as confirmation is an end of every dispute. So they, you know, you have to get one, someone greater than you than the party of the dispute to, to make the 
uh, if you will, um, the oath or the swearing in, if you will. Um, and it says in verse 17, in the same way God, in the same way God, desiring even more to show the heirs of the promise, the unchangeableness, that's the best I can do for you, unchangeableness of his purpose, interposed with an oath, so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have taken refuge would have strong encouragement to take hold of the hope set before us. And this hope <coughs> we have, watch this, as an anchor of the soul. A hope both sure and steadfast and one which enters within the veil where Jesus has entered and as a forerunner for us, having become a high priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. He says this hope that we have, we have it as an anchor of the soul. And God, in this one, he says, God has given us both his promise and his hope. That's what he means when he says these unchangeable things. Um, one translation calls it immutable. It simply means God cannot, you're not, he can't change. If he said he was going to bless Israel, he's not going to back out now because it's unpopular. Because it's politically incorrect. I'm so sick of hearing about what is inappropriate and what is not appropriate and this and that and everything else and we it's it's you understand what it does the whole thing is designed so you don't say anything and why does that matter well it matters because if you don't say anything then you can't proclaim the gospel well i better not say anything i'm gonna offend somebody look man i offend somebody every sunday every single sunday i assure you it happens and i don't mean to it's not my intent. I don't stamp and go like, let me just figure out how many ways I can offend people. Today. I don't mean to. But sometimes things just come out and I don't think about it. And then later on I think, well, maybe I should have said it differently. And Haley, maybe she comes to me and says, hey, you know, you could have said it differently. But I didn't think about it at the time. It's because it's speech. It's raw. It's not recorded. This is not edited, man. I don't have a, you know, 400 employees in the back editing on the fly and making it palatable for everybody online right now. It's just raw. And real speech is raw. It, you say what is out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth what? It speaks. And so if you can't say anything because it's unpopular, what is it's intended to stop you from communicating the most important thing that is there, which is the gospel. And he says this thing about God, he's unchanged, he can't change, it's immutable, these qualities about him, and he can't lie. He swore, he couldn't find anybody else to swear by. So he looked at himself and said, I'm Self, I'm, we're putting it on us. So he and Jesus made a covenant for us. Let me read this to you, Hebrews uh, 6, same, same verse. Let me read to you, New King James, okay? This is put on the screen for you so you can see it. But thus God determined to show more abundantly to the heirs of the promise the immutability of his counsel confirmed by an oath, that by two immutable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we might have strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold of the hope set before us. Two things. It means he's given us his promise and his hope. The promise of salvation and the hope of what it is that we have. Hope is like this confident ex expectation of something that is true. It is something, it is not hope like, man, you know, man, I hope I win a lottery. That is not believer's hope. Or for us who are Georgia fans, man, I hope by 12 o'clock we get in. You know, don't worry, I'll get you out in time. Don't worry. But, uh... <clears throat> 
Man, I hope we get in, man. Like, I hope we get in. Because we know they're going to put Alabama in. They always do. It just, just, you got to. It's Biden. Saban's going to kill somebody if they don't put him in. So that's just the way it works. We know that. But, but we hope we get in. We don't know. That's not Christian faith. That's not Christian hope. Christian hope is not like that. It's based on something solid and secure. You can bank on it. Like a hundred percent. So when he says he's giving you hope, he's talking about this thing that God has given you, an anchor for your soul. It is not something that, well, I hope God comes through for me. That is not what he's talking about. He's saying, I've given you my promise and I've given you my hope. And these two things, which are mentioned twice, it is the stamp of God. Whenever you see a verse and it's mentioned, something mentions twice like that, back to back, it is as if the hand of God is on it. And he's saying, I affirm this. It's really important. I don't know if that's making sense or not, but it's really, really important. So anyway, when you can't trust a lot of things in life, listen, you can trust God. So verse 19, more time, let me put it on the screen for you. This hope we have is an anchor for the soul. Now, I don't know what you know about anchors. I don't know if you have one or not. I mean, my father-in-law's got a pontoon, and so there's a little anchor on that thing. And when we go to, like, Yellow River, we go up to the, the waterfalls, whatever, I'll take that little anchor, my, I can do it myself, and just throw it over into the water, tie it on a rope, and it just holds the boat just fine. Me. Bloop. And that's it. Now, I don't know how, but if you've been in the Navy, the anchors on those ships are quite different. <laughs> so I found a picture. I want to show you this. Check this out. This is a, an aircraft carrier. I think this is the Nimitz. I can't remember. Um, but I don't know if you can see, but this little, that little red circle there, that's the, um, that is the, that's the anchor. There's one, like right here. That circle, I, I actually put the circle around the size of the anchor, okay? And you might not appreciate that because you might look at it and say, well, it's not that big. Unless you were to look up here, this is an airplane. That's a jet, man. Look at that thing. It's pretty close. And there's another one right here, and it's in the water, and that's a chain. And that's not the kind of chain you put on your dog. That thing will decapitate your head your life ever it just you don't want to get near it It, it's a big chain crazy thing i looked at i didn't realize this about anchors but um i I know this about what the way i communicate this in two ways as a positive an anchor can be used to hold a boat steady in storms or currents i I knew that's true help you or hold you at yellow creek while your kids swim (laughs) i guess it's a positive too but as a negative i've always talked about it with people uh on our team and other things like that that I try to tell people, hey, listen, man, if, if you're with me, don't drop the anchor. Like, we're going somewhere, you know? Like, don't drop the anchor while we're rowing. Like, you're slowing us down every time you want to stop and ask about something. Like, look, it, it, if you're not going to do anything, just sit there like this and just enjoy the ride. But don't drop the anchor on me, man. Ask questions, but stop dropping the anchor. It slows everything down. That's the way I've kind of communicated it right um i was reading this article where this guy i, I don't know what he was thinking he, he had too many trips at the bar at the, on the, one of the cruise ships and somehow this joker i don't know if this is true i'm trying to confirm this but it seems like it's on uh, one of the news media things outlets thing this guy gets in a maintenance man suit and goes in and drops the anchor on a cruise ship while it's going Gets back in his regular clothes, and they called everybody on the deck and said, 
Who did it? Who did it? It's like being in school again. Which one did you did it? Which you know, He's taking his maintenance uniform off and he's in regular clothes. Like, it's just the craziest story I've heard in my life. It's a wonder it didn't jerk a hole out of the ship and cause it to sink. It's just a miracle it didn't do it. Well, it looks like when you see this, this thing really does not, in comparison to the hole, it just doesn't seem like it's got a whole lot to offer. So I was reading this about anchor, so, so check this out. So ocean-going vessels tend to anchor in waters 100 to 100 feet deep or less. Watch this. You need anywhere from two times to six times the depth of the water in chain length. So real quick math, if you're at 100 depth, 100 foot depth, you need 600 feet of chain. That's not the kind you put your dog on. You can't get this at Lowe's or Home Depot. That's a lot of chain. So I'm reading this and it says you need two to six times the depth of the water in chain length depending on the wind or the current to hold fast. And the way it works is the anchor, it, it, because of the length of the chain, it's not like I drop mine at Yellow Creek like this, and it's just right there. I can actually see it in the water. They drop the anchor. It's over here somewhere, let's just say a couple hundred feet away in the ground while the chain is sitting on the, on the bottom of the floor of the ocean, and it slowly comes up, and the boat is away over here. And the reason why is because the chain, somehow the tension of that chain in the anchor system, it's actually holding like that. Whereas if you had it tight, like right below you, it wouldn't work the same. There's something that has to do, and I don't understand all this. I'm reading into it. It's kind of interesting to me. It sits on the ground, and somehow that chain and this anchor being over here, it works better and holds the boat steadfast in storms and in strong currents than if it was just over the top of it. Now, I say that because we're talking about anchors. And when he says that hope is an anchor for your soul, I want you to look at this aircraft carrier for a moment and ask yourself in your mind right now, in your life, how many of these things up here on top of this boat is going on in your life that's just wide open? If you've ever watched one of these things live, my, my mom-in-law and my wife, they got to go on one with, uh, with, with uh, Diana's sister they actually stayed on one. They saw some of these jets take off. They could tell you. But if you go online and watch just some of the activity. I mean, just go watch Top Gun again. I don't know. That, that'll do it for you. It's pretty accurate from, from how fast, how much it goes involved. It's very technical, high-paced. It's fast. There's people everywhere. I wonder how many things are going on in your mind right now that's like the top of an aircraft carrier. I mean, you got planes going and coming, baby. Going and coming right now. You're thinking about this. You got this going on, this list, that, and everything. And, and so worked up about so many things. And I, I just want to ask the question, with all that's going on, what all of us do, do you have one of these sitting in the water if the waters get rough? Because see, all that stuff that keeps taking place on top of the ship, that's not going to change. Stuff around you is going to keep happening around you. It's not going to change. Your kids still have to eat. You have to, you know, feed them. (laughs) That's not going to change. But what happens when the storms hit? I'm wondering how strong is the anchor that you have in your life and your family? Can it hold in a storm? Because that's what really matters. So real quick, I just want to give you a couple of these. 
couple of anchors I thought were very important. Number one, uh, I think you need to be anchored to trust. And I'm saying trust or truth or facts. God's word is truth. Um, that's why I think this is so important. But at Romans 4.18 says, In hope, against hope, he believed. Talking about Abraham. So that he might become a father of many nations according to that which had been spoken. So shall your descendants be. Because sometimes, listen, you're going to have... Have you ever had to do this? Like where you put hope up against where there is no hope? Like there's nothing there, but you're putting it out there as if it is. Like you're believing something about what God says. You're trusting what God said in his word. But... Just like Abraham, in hope, against hope, you believe him anyway. And this is why his word is so important, because you, if you don't believe his word, it's like when James said you get tossed to and fro. And you believe every little thing that comes along. Every new little fad. Woo, look at this. I, we used to hear a guy was in our college, and he would say stuff. And he was older. He would say things like, you know, I remember when I was... This age, I remember that little thing came through church. I remember that little doctrine came through the church. I, he was naming out of all this stuff, and I was thinking as a young guy, like, oh, man, this is new, man. You never heard this. This is new. Man, it's, it's, it's awesome. This is God. Boy, he, I mean, it's awesome. But I've been around the block enough now, I can actually tell you, stuff does kind of come back around. And I remember him saying, be careful. And I've had to really go back on that and say, you know what? God's word's true. He doesn't change. And there's nothing new under the sun. Not one thing. And anytime someone tells you, oh, it's new. And no one is doing anything. Be careful with that. Because I guarantee you, it's been around before. Anchor yourself on God's word first. And then look into it. Maybe it is something new. But anchor first on God's word, not on what's you know, here and there and everywhere. In Psalm 42, 11, it says this. Why are you in despair, O my soul? And why have you become disturbed within me? Hope or wait in God, for I shall yet praise him. The help of my countenance and my God. Why are you in despair? Man, when all this stuff's going on on top of that little aircraft curve, and the storm hits, man, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? I'm going to hope in God. I'm putting my hope in God. And again, I told you, I'll put it on the screen for you there, confident expectation based on something solid or true. And sometimes like Abraham, you know, Abraham waited a long time on what he hoped for. You know, it's not always a microwave thing with God. It's just not. I wish it was, you know, but it's just not always that way. Sometimes we have to wait and, you know, we shouldn't put a clock on God. Either his word is true and let every man be a liar, or let's just go play golf, or whatever you want to do. 12 o'clock, find out if we're in or not. I don't know. You understand what I'm saying, right? Like, either, either his word is true, let's either believe it and trust him for what he says, or, or let's don't play games with him. Let's just, if we don't agree with it, or we may not understand it, or maybe we just don't quite, we're not there, that's fine. But at least settle this one thing. God's word is true. Whether I understand it or not, 
He is truth. Let everybody else be a liar. God is true. So the next thing I wrote this down real quick is anchor. You need to anchor something to, to something unseen. This may seem kind of a little bit different, but Second Corinthians four seventeen. I'm going to go kind of quick on some of this. So I'm wrap up here. It says, for this momentary light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison. Now, guys, watch this. Now, we were some guys last night. We were cracking up because we went to a charismatic Bible college and we heard all this stuff, you know, and things that people would say. And people made fun of us and this and that and the other. Oh, y'all, that name it, claim it group. You're the blab it and grab it. And we heard, I've heard all the jokes. I've been made of fun of. I've heard all of it. So you, don't, you can't tell me nothing I hadn't already heard of, Okay. I get it. I understand. There's some some silly stuff. But let me just tell you, I've also been in liturgical churches, and I've seen some silly stuff there too. Amen? It's in every camp. Okay? So, anyway. But this is God's word. Either let it be true, right, or not. But it's His word. This isn't somebody on TV. 2 Corinthians 4.17 says, Verse 18, for while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. I want you to let that sink in for a minute. So what are you looking at right now? Everything you're looking at is me, this, that, and the other. It's everything that you can see. Or visually, you, you, you sense it. You have sensory in, in any area of your life. You, it's there. I'm telling you, it's so easy to look at the storms that come along. It is so easy to look at what's happening, especially when you're on a ship. And we were on a ship. We, Haley and I, we like to take cruises as families. I know some people don't like it. We love it because, like Haley said, first of all, you don't have to clean anything. Um, they feed you, like, nonstop. And if your kids don't like anything, Who cares? Go eat ice cream. I don't care. Like when we're on the boat, I literally tell them, like, you can eat ice cream every day. I don't care. You might get so sick, you got to go to the first aid place. You can eat ice cream every day. I don't care. This is your week to just do whatever. Mom don't have to cook. We don't have to clean. It's just, and the thing I love about it is it's paid for before I ever go. So I get no surprises coming back home. You know what I'm saying? It's like just, it's bliss. I just love it. You know? But I have been on one before. We, we, one time we got on a smaller one. We've been on different ones. A few, like I said, we like to cruise. We've been on a number of different ships. We got in a storm one time. They usually go around them, but I, I don't know if this captain was kind of wiry and felt like we could just go through it. You know, had something to prove to the you know, new guys on the deck. I don't know. But she gets motion sickness really bad, which you're probably thinking, why do y'all do cruises then? But it's... It's worth, she doesn't, it doesn't bother her on big ships, but this is a little bit smaller. And literally, I was watching, we were on um, mid, probably midways up, I guess. I know we were up high enough where I remember thinking, um, water shouldn't be getting to my window. Like, we were, that's how high up we were. And I thought, this is, um, it was fun at first. Like, you know, like, <laughs> I can't believe you wore the Alabama shirt in here to me, man. What's wrong with y'all, man? Y'all hating on me or what? Just rub it in, man. Good, no mercy. I wouldn't have done it to you. Where's the love, man? Um, but you know, it's kind of like when you <laughs> get on the tilt-a-whirl. 
It's like fun the first, like, you know, you're the kids, you know, by the third one, you're like, just, you know, and then, you know, it doesn't bother me, like, but now, even for me, it kind of, it's a tilt the world thing. That's what this started out like, but then it got not fun. And I was going, man, I was getting kind of nervous because, I mean, and the more I looked out the window, the bigger the waves seem, you know, like, and I was picturing in my mind, where are we at? I don't even know. I can't find out where we're at. Where's the map? Like, are we close to land? Like, what if, you know, what if it starts taking on water and we got to, you know, the Titanic's coming to mind, like leading lifeboats and life jackets and I got a kid. What are we going to do? Like, the more I looked at it, the bigger it was getting. And, you know, it wasn't getting bigger. It was the same waves it had been. Because I was looking at it so much, in my mind, it had built up to this, like, you know, Hurricane 5, man, Katrina, we were going to capsize. In my mind, that's what I thought. And I say that to you because we need to anchor our lives on what we can't see more than what we can see. If God said he's for you and you don't see it, Believe him on that more than what you see about yourself. I don't feel, this is where people make fun of us, we, you know, the charismatic thing. Oh, you, you know, I don't feel like God's for me. Well, I would say to you, well, don't go by how you feel, go by what you believe. What does God say about you? He says he's for you. Oh, you just that name it. You see what I'm saying? The people make fun of you before. It doesn't matter. This is real. Don't go by what you feel, go by what you believe. That's truth. If I went by how I felt, I wouldn't preach half the messages I do. Because I get up and I don't feel like doing it sometimes. Is that too honest with y'all? Like I'm being very honest with you. Sometimes I don't want to do it. Like I would rather go get on a boat and go eat cheeseburgers, you know, on a cruise. Some days I get up and I do this and I study and I prep the best I feel like I have to get it all put together. And I think, well, okay, here we go. And then when I start, I'm going, man, it, it's not, it's, and when you preach, you just have to understand this, like ask Pastor Ronnie and Haley and others, when you preach, like there is, God just sits on you and it just makes it easier. But there's times when you don't feel it and it's like, God, where are you at? Don't leave me hanging out here. But you feel like you're on your own and you can't go by what you feel. You have to go by what you believe. God's word is true. Whether I preach it, whether I read it, it doesn't matter. It's his word, not mine. The power's in his word, not in the preacher. That's why the PA system doesn't matter. The haircut doesn't matter. What kind of shoes? Pastor Stephen told me to get my shoes white, okay? I got it because he he's the one that told me what to pick out. I wouldn't have picked out these shoes. It doesn't matter what kind of shoes you have. It don't matter if I'm in style or out of style, if I got a cool jacket or not. His, his word is what matters. And that's what the scriptures tell you. Put his word in your mouth and begin to declare what God says about you. Well, that's just taking it too far. Well, then you just keep believing your feelings all you want. Enjoy the ride up on top of the aircraft carrier. When the storms come, you hanging over your life. Ah, what's happening? I don't know. You need an anchor to anchor your life when you can't. We don't know what's going on. Anchor it and stuff you can't see more than what you can see. The last thing is this, and Bruce, if you want to come up, I'm wrapping up. The last thing is this, be anchored in your relationship with God. 
Okay? Romans 15, 13 says, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. Watch this. In believing so that you will abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. I was this uh, group last night and we were talking about this. And she asked a question. What do you do to, and I'm trying to read. Hey, you might help me. I'm terrible with this. I'm about to mess it up. I can tell. What was the question? How'd she say it exactly? Do you remember? What do you do? That's what I see. I, she remembers details. I just, you know, I'm bottom line. She remembers all the details. What do you do? Not program wise. What do you do to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit? And she's asking us, we're like ministers. All of us in the room, we're I mean, either intercessors or we're ministers. You know what I'm saying? Like, and what do you do? And you know what's funny is, so we really didn't get to answer the question. Some people did, but then I, we were talking at the end. I said, you know what's funny? I'll tell you what I do. So, um, Haley, so yesterday, we, my, my youngest daughter had Taekwondo, and she had to get her, um, <clears throat> uh, what's it called? Testing. She's doing testing. Breaking boards. She's bad mama jama like. I mean, my girls, I'll tell you what, whatever boy comes around wanting to date them, I'm just telling you, they will kick your tail. You better be good to them because you don't have to worry about me. They will. It's just awesome. I love it. Breaking boards. My youngest one, she brought it out this morning. Dad, look what I found. Broken board. Wonder where that come from. <laughs> it's hers, you know. So, anyway. Um. Oh yeah, so after that, so I, I, I wanted, so I wanted to study and get into this more. But man, I'd already done enough mental work. My mind just wasn't, so, does anybody else do that? So you do, if you do so much like mental work, like you're just, what we call, you're, you're just fried. Like your brain is just, I just can't compute another thing. So for me, um, uh, one of the things that helped me tremendously is hearing like, so a man who works with his mind sabbaths with his hands and a man who works with his hands, he sabbaths with his mind. Great thing to remember. I do a lot of mental and soul work. So that's why I love to crank up saws in my barn and build stuff that I don't need. Doesn't matter. I just do it because you know why? Because I have to focus on what I'm doing. Because I don't want to cut my finger off. It's important. Focus on what I'm doing. It gets my mind off of everything else in the world. And so yesterday I got home and I couldn't do that. Didn't have time. And so I just pulled Haley's car out and decided, you know what? I'm just cleaning the car out. I mean, I mean, it, we, look, if you got kids, you know, car seat, it had been in there for like long enough, you know. Y'all, every parent has had cars. Y'all know. You're like, yeah, we had one too. Like, you know, you know, it's like you've been in there so long. When you unbuckle it, it's still stuck to the seat, kind of thing. Like, just, <laughs> you know, that's why we put seat covers on. <laughs> Kids, man, you know. So I just cleaned her whole inside of her car out, and the whole time, I'm talking with the Holy Spirit. I'm talking to God, and this is what I tell her. I said, it may sound crazy, but that's how I talk to God. Like, if I'm bush hogging, man, I can talk to the Lord. I ride the tractor, met things mowing, I'm knocking down. Pow, pow, pow. I mean, yeah. 
you know, and I'm just talking to the Lord. Thank you, Lord, for all you've done. God, you know, because, I mean, it's just a big circle. I can't go anywhere fast, and I'm not going to hurt anything. If I miss the line, I'll just go back and hit it again. But I, it's a great time to talk to God. So how do you communicate with the Holy Spirit? Because you need to be anchored to your relationship with God. Time with God. I put down a couple things. It may be different things. When I drive, if no one else is with me, I talk. It's my time with the Lord. I love driving and talking to God. It may sound crazy to you, but that's how, that's me. Um, when I mow the grass, I talk to the Lord. It just, I don't know why. It just, that's, you may say, well, you're working. How does that work? I don't know. It may not work for you that way. I'm just telling you what I do. Maybe for you, it's if you take a walk or something. Maybe it's drawing. Maybe it's painting or something. I, I don't know, but whatever it is, I'm just saying have a relationship with him so you can grow in, in hope. And, and I just want to say this about that. Sometimes um, there are seasons of silence. I want to really acknowledge this one as we, you know, get ready to pray. Sometimes you're wanting this fellowship with the Lord and communion with God. And sometimes it's just silence. And guys, I'm going to be very honest with you right now. That can be some of the most frustrating times with God. I love Jesus. I'm not meaning that sacrilegious. Or, I'm being honest with you. It, 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 it can be so frustrating. It's just so silent. And um, I mean, I've been through it a couple of times. And thank God for people who will remind you to believe in more in what you can't see than what you do see. So you can go back to God's word and remember. Even though if I walk in the shadow or the valley of the shadow of death, you are with me. Even if I go through difficult seasons, the Lord is still with me. I mean, when Gideon, you think Gideon looked around and he thought it was this great idea. God's with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Until God starts taking away more of his troops. It's like, man, Lord, what are you doing? You set me up to fail here, man. I'm going to get me killed. But God called him, you mighty man of valor. You think about David. At times he's out there taking care of sheep. Nobody sees what he's doing. And God calls him a man after God's own heart. You think of people like Esther, who is, seems like she's a nobody. Nobody knows who she is, what she is. And God pulls her up and raises her up for such a time as this. There are people like that all throughout the scripture. Just find one that fits your circumstance and gave, God you did it for them you can do it for me and this is what Psalm 62 5 says my soul wait in silence for God only for my hope is from him even if he's silent wait on the Lord hope in God and Isaiah 40 and verse 31 he says yet those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength they will mount up with wings like eagles and they will run not get tired they'll walk and not be weary Connect, get some kind of an anchor for your soul in your relationship with God. And so this morning, no matter how silent it's been, I'm, I'm going to pray. I want to pray for you. And uh, so I'm going to ask you to close your eyes and bow your heads. And I just felt like maybe that's something that was going on. Um, you know, sometimes God gets quiet. There are seasons when that happens. 
And I'll say this, um, it might not be you, actually. It is possible it could just be the season right now that God is doing something in. If you look at Israel and the times in the scriptures, you'll see times where God moved in great power and might. When he brought them out of Egypt, it was with a great mighty hand. Strong right arm, it says. A pillar of fire by night and a pillar of cloud by day. Parted the Red Sea. Miracles all the time. Manna on the ground. I mean, crazy stuff. The next generation... They didn't see the same things that the first generation saw. They conquered things. They got into the promised land, but they didn't see some of the miracles that the first generation saw. But God wasn't doing it exactly the same way. By the third generation, the danger of it was they didn't experience either one, but they were so blessed because of what God had put on his people, they enjoyed the blessing and prosperity of the previous generations. By the fourth generation, many of them forgot God. And I just think it's possible sometimes, it may not even be you, it may be that the Lord is saying, look, I'm going to back off a little bit, America. So you want it like you want it. I'm just going to back off a little bit. Give you some time. Just see how things go. It doesn't mean you're, he doesn't mean he's angry with you. It doesn't mean he's mad at you. But I have found those things to be true. Sometimes there are seasons where God just, he's saying, you know what? I'm still with you and I'm for you. But just because you don't hear him directly about every little thing doesn't mean he's not still moving. He could be moving in a completely different way right now. And you just not realize it. And so I want to pray for you right now. If that's you, if you're in this room, you say, hey, Pastor Jody, I just, uh, man, I I feel like God's quiet. I don't hear him. I can't figure out what he wants. I've been praying. So if that's you, I'm going to pray for you now. And I would love for you just to just acknowledge it and, and to the Lord. Whatever it is, just tell him. You know, whether it's today or tomorrow. Uh, God, I, you know, I can't hear you and I'm, and I'm wondering why. And it's Okay. Be honest with the Lord. So let me pray for you right now in this, over this. <clears throat> Father, in Jesus' name, uh, we just come before you right now. And Lord, I, God, I've been there before. I know what it's like to have a silent season. I know what it's like to have quiet moments and you just don't hear from, from you, Lord. But Lord, you're, you're faithful. You're always faithful and you're a good God. And Lord, you always come through no matter what. Lord, I pray for every person right here, right now, that feels like it's quiet. That, Lord, if it's a season that you're doing just across our nation right now, then, God, we're just asking you to revisit. Revisit and move in our nation again, Lord. Revisit and bring revival into our nation, God. Bring your holiness again into our nation. Bring your righteousness into our nation. And, God, if the nation doesn't want it, then, God, I'm asking you, would you do it in our churches? God, would you just visit our churches in a mighty way? Speak to every family that's in here. God, visit their homes in the name of Jesus, Lord. That if you're silent for the nation, God, I just pray that you continue to speak to your church and continue to speak to your children, Lord. God, I thank you for that right now. For those that are struggling, maybe wondering if they've done something wrong. God, I just pray in Jesus' name, would you remind them today that you are for them, you are not against them. That, God, you walk with them even if they walk through the valley of the shadow of death. God, they should not fear any evil, for you are with them. 
Lord, you said that the Holy Spirit is with us every single day, everywhere we go, just like Jesus was here on this earth with the disciples. The Holy Spirit's with us. So God, I pray right now, help us all to put ourselves in a position to hear from you. And God, if we don't hear something right now, trust you, Lord. While we wait in silence, put our hope in you, Lord, and not fear and not be afraid, Lord. And I pray if there's anybody here right now that doesn't know you, I pray in Jesus' name, God, that they would make the decision to follow you. So with your eyes closed and no one looking around right now, I just want to give you an opportunity to pray this prayer. If you're here and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, I'm going to ask you to pray a prayer with me right now. The scriptures say this, if a man or woman believes in their heart in the Lord Jesus that he was, he was crucified, that he died, a sinless righteous man with no sin he died for our sins he was buried and resurrected on the third day if you believe that in your heart the scriptures say if you believe in your heart these things and you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord you shall be saved and so I'm going to lead you in a prayer right now if that's you just pray with me the whole church will pray with you you won't be by yourself but just repeat this after me right now say dear Jesus I come to you today and I give you my life I give you my heart and I surrender everything at whatever you want I'm willing to give and I thank you Jesus for saving me for forgiving me and for making me righteous I'm very grateful for salvation in Jesus mighty name amen Amen and amen. Well, God bless you. If you prayed that prayer, God bless you. We're so proud of you, right, church? Would you give my hand right now? Amen. Well, I'm going to let, um, I think, is it Miss Theta's closing out? Yes. Oh, I can't. This is exciting. I like hearing her. You know, like, she is a sweet, sweet person, a strong woman of faith, too. So, would y'all welcome her up to the platform this morning? Oh, she's already here. Okay. Thank you. I'm not here. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. If you chose Jesus today, we want to know. We want to come alongside you and support you. There's this opportunity to scan up here on the screen, or you can check in at the information desk or that little pocket in front of you. Please let us know. We're your family now. We get to do life together. It's not always easy, but we need each other in this journey. So please, please let us know if you chose Jesus today. Um, prayer partners, if you'll go ahead and come on down front. This is something we do at the end of every service. If you need prayer for anything, these folks would love to agree with you and stand with you and pray with you. And if you would just like to come to the front and not even pray with the prayer partner, you just want time up here, come do that too. You can do that. Um, catch the vision is today. If you would, if you're new to this church family and you don't quite know what we do or where we're headed, we would love to spend a bit, about an hour with you after service today. And that will start in about 10 minutes. So you can come circle up right down here. Terry Shank is going to lead that today. He's to my far right and he's a good man. That's my man. That's my man. 
Okay, would everybody take out your phones if you are a volunteer in this church and you scan this QR code that's going to come up on the screen in a minute in RSVP for this Friday. I'm hearing something about ugly sweaters. I don't know, but I think Joey and Pastor Stephen are the ones that are leading this up, so it will be wonderful. We just know it will be. If you want food, you must RSVP, so we want you to do that. And let's see. I think that's it except for the blessing. Do you know this is the first church I've ever been in where there's a blessing at the end of the service. So if you could stand and put your hands out to receive this blessing from the Lord, I get to read the word over you. So just think and receive the truth of God's word as we end this service as a family together. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be so gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you his peace. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless y'all. Have a great week. If today's message blessed you, we want to encourage you to take a moment and share this podcast with a friend. Remember, there's one hope for every heart. And that's Jesus. See you next time.